Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. I'm going to be in Lamentations chapter 3, but kind of my thought this morning, um, I'm going to talk to you just for the next little bit from this title on uh, Make Room for Mercy. Make Room for Mercy. And um, I, 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 my, my mind this morning and, and uh, my thoughts is to those of you, um, you know, we're coming up into the holiday season, um, and a lot of times that brings about just a plethora of, of feelings upon a person. And so uh, there are those, though, that enter into this time of year, and it, it kind of is, you know, reminders of good times, but maybe some bad times. And so um, my, my thought it's kind of, I want to talk to those who maybe might be feeling a little alone right now, maybe a little fearful. Um, how many of you in your walk with God um, have ever been to the place of exhaustion and maybe just worn out? Am I the, the only one? No, pretty much 100% of us. And so I know that on this journey, it's possible to get to the place where you are just hurting and you feel like you are uh, losing hope. And so today, um, we're going to look at a, at a guy from the Old Testament. Um, his name is Jeremiah. And we find his words recorded in Lamentations chapter 3. And if I'll just say this, that if you have feelings of fear, uh, maybe you feel discouraged or just completely exhausted, um, I came to remind you or just to share this with you that this guy felt a lot like that. Um, so I'm going to tell you in, in, in what I call in, in, in today's language, here's what he said. I mean, this isn't, isn't exactly the way he said it, but essentially what he said was this. He said, people are terrible. Um, he said, life isn't fair. My body is wrecked and I can't sleep. I'm broke. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I'm overwhelmed with anxiety, and God doesn't seem to care at all. That's essentially what he said. Um, and then in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse number 19, uh, he, said, he said these words, I remember my affliction and my wandering and the bitterness and the gall. I remember them, and my soul is downcast within me, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And so I hope by the, the, the time that we leave this place today or at the conclusion of this message that you will call to mind what are the most beautiful attributes of God that will give you hope, hope when you're exhausted, uh, hope whenever you're worn out, whenever you're confused uh, about life, hope when you uh, maybe don't feel like traveling on. He said this, I call to mind, I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. And here's our attribute, verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies, I say mercies, that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Verse 23, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Would you read that with me? They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. 
talking about make room for mercy this morning. Make room for mercy. And we're going to be looking at uh, the mercy of God, which is a little more complex than most people think. Um, See, when we think about the attributes of God, um, think about an onion with all of the different layers. Uh, So to every single attribute, there's a there's a lot that overlaps and a lot of it does look the same, but there is also a lot of distinction. And I think a lot of people that whenever we talk about the attributes of God, we see them all kind of in one giant mixing bowl, um, that they all go in there together and they overlap. There's joy, there's love, there's goodness, there's mercy. God is just, God is faithful, he's full of grace and all of this good stuff. And and all of those are true, and, and they do all overlap. But there is also uh, very unique and quite distinct attributes. And um, some of those attributes of God that are closely related uh, but are distinct, uh, just to kind of build our foundation this morning, you know, you hear justice, and you hear mercy, and you hear, hear grace. What is justice? What is justice? Justice is simply defined... Uh, as this, whenever you get what you deserve, that's what justice is. And in our culture today, uh, when someone does something horrible, we tend to think, let justice be served. I mean, you might be a part of a Facebook group right now, you know, justice for so-and-so. We want justice served. We want someone to get what they deserve. Uh, And then we talk about grace. You hear the word grace a lot. Grace is uh, when you get what you don't deserve. Uh, Do any of us in here this morning deserve salvation? I mean, the answer is no. We don't deserve it at all, but God gives it to us anyways. He gives us something that we do not deserve. Now, that's different from mercy. Mercy is when you don't get what you do deserve, okay? And they're all a little bit different. You know, most of us, most of us like justice, uh, right, until it comes down to us, right? Like somebody did something horrible, let justice be served. We, we want justice to be served on that person until the spotlight switches on us. And then what do we want? We want mercy, like, don't give me what I deserve, all right? Don't, don't, I know I deserve justice, but don't give me that. We want other people to get justice, but we want mercy. Like, have mercy on me. For example, um, you know, confession again about, about me being pulled over in Wisconsin. Like, yes, I, I mean, I was, I was in the wrong. Like, I, I, I failed to pay attention to the the stop sign there and actually come to a complete stop, you know. I think you could have shown me a little bit of grace there. Like, I, I, I mean, I did see it, and it wasn't like I just blew right through it, right? There was another time I got pulled over when I used to work in Carbondale and, and, and came coming into town, and it was on a holiday uh, Monday. I, I don't know if it was Labor Day or one of those Monday holidays, and so in retail, you know, you go to work. And so I was there working. Nobody else out on the street. I mean, it's just wide open. And I'm even like showing up early, but I'm just flying through 45 and a 30. Cop pulls me over and he's like, you know how fast you were going back there? And I was like 45. And he's like, I clocked you at a 42. And I'm like, 
we'll go with that. You know, like, we'll go with that. I like 42. So anyways, but, but both of these instances, and, uh, you know, they let me off the hook. They, what, what was that? That's mercy. That's mercy. That's when I was wrong, and I deserve punishment, but I didn't get the punishment, all right? We want justice for other people, but we tend to want mercy for ourselves, right? And the good news is that God, the God that we serve, is a merciful God. He's a merciful God. When you look at Ephesians chapter 2, you'll find where Paul contrasts our spiritual condition without Christ. He contrasts it uh, that he contrasts that with God's mercy. And here's what he says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. He says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. So first of all, he says, you're spiritually dead because you did a lot of things wrong. And then he said, you used to live in sin like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. So watch what he's saying. You're spiritually dead and you're obeying the devil. Then he said, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. We all used to do that. We did whatever felt good, uh, whatever we wanted to do, whatever our hearts desired, we did it. He said, by our very nature, Paul says, we were, hear this, subject to God's anger and his wrath just like everyone else. So let's summarize this and and see what he's saying. He's saying that without Christ, you are spiritually dead. Not physically dead, you're spiritually dead because your disobedience to God. You're obeying the devil without, uh, you're obeying the devil without Christ and you're following your sinful desires and you're subject to God's anger and his wrath. Now, that's kind of confusing, right? Because when, when, when we at church, we preach about a loving God, all right? And, and this, is a, this is where it gets a little bit complex in our thinking. How can a loving God be an angry God? That, that doesn't make sense, right? And you hear people say that all the time. It's one of the many questions of this world. Uh, how can a loving God be an angry God? And one thing I hope that you'll understand this morning is that love and anger can absolutely coexist. They can absolutely coexist. If you have a child and you love your child, uh, but your child lies to you, what do you feel? You feel si- simultaneously toward your child, you feel both love and anger. You love your child, but you feel angry for the sin. They they coexist together. Now, I'm showing us an example, but somewhere along the lines, this breaks down because I'm going to compare us to God. How many know you ain't God today? All right? How many are thankful for that? <laughs> you can imagine that. Let's say you have a friend that you love, but your friend likes the, the party life. They like to go out, and they just get a little bit crazy and a little bit wild, and they, they drink too much, and then they drive, and You can simultaneously love that friend and be really mad at your friend for putting himself or herself in a dangerous position and other people. Love and anger can absolutely coexist. You can love your husband, but if he he doesn't put the toilet seat down, come on, somebody. Yeah? You might love him in the moment, and you're asking for God's help to love him, 
you can both love and be angry at the same time. And so when God, when God is angry, he can both love people and be angry at that which hurts his creation at the same time. And Paul is talking about this in this in the in the nuance in this nuance he as he says without Christ you're subject to his wrath. He, he he's angry at the filth and the whore, the sin that goes against everything of his holiness. And then in verse 4, you see two of the best words in all of the Bible. Remember, what are we? What are we without Christ? We are dead in our sins. We are are obeying the devil. We're going the wrong way. And because of that, we are subject to God's anger. And then Paul says this, but God is so rich in what? Mercy. God is rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even when we were dead in our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. In other words, even though we deserve to be punished, even though because even though we deserve all of that stuff, we deserve it, but God's because of God's rich mercy, he didn't give us what we deserve. If you ever um if you are ever tempted to think, well, God's not fair, you know, God's not being fair, you ought to thank God that he's not fair. You ought to be thankful that God isn't fair. Because if he was fair, I would get what my sins deserve. But God is rich in mercy. God is rich in mercy. God is rich in mercy. And the, uh, and, and, and the Greek word for rich is a, is a pretense word. That means it's continual. It's ongoing. God lives in an ongoing state of mercy. It's an unending state of mercy. That's why he calls him rich in mercy. In other words, it's always been there. It will always be there. And that's why it's, as Lamentation said, it's new every morning. It was there yesterday. It'll be there today. It'll be new tomorrow because it does not end. It's always there. It's continual, unending. He is abounding in rich mercy. You know, there are some that might think that, well, you know, the God of the Old Testament isn't the God of the New Testament. He's completely different than the God of the New Testament, and that's where we go wrong. That's where we go wrong because God is uh, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has always been just and merciful. He has always been righteous and loving. This is why why so many people uh, have a wrong view of God, all right? This is where people go wrong. So many people, they don't understand God. They don't understand God because their view of God starts in Genesis 3 and it ends in Revelation 20, all right? And if you don't know, Genesis 3, that's when Adam and Eve fell. That's when they sinned. That's when they disobeyed God. And, and Genesis 20 talks about the punishment. That's, that's the judgment, all right? That's, the, that's, what's, what, that's what's happening. And so for so many, when they think about God, their, their theology is you're a sinner and you're going to hell, all right? You fell short, and you're going to to hell. And that's not where the story of God started, all right? 
And that's not where it ends. The beginning is in Genesis 1. And in Genesis 1, God created everything. And he said, it's good. It's good. It's all good. Everything is good. That then he created humans. All right? And he didn't just say people were good. He said they are very good. All right? Now man is very good. This is where it started. It started with the goodness of God. And he said, this is so good, enjoy it all, be fruitful, multiply, just don't eat of this one tree, this one right here. God said, if you eat of that, you will surely die. They ate it. Did they die? Did they die a physical death? No. They died a spiritual death. And what did God do? Because he's a mean, judgmental, angry God, he struck them dead right on the spot, right? Is that what we read? Is that the word? No. No, God. God comes in and he says, you know, I'm sorry, but there are consequences for what you did. I've got bad news for you. Childbirth and childbearing is going to be really hard and you're going to have to work a lot. And that's what's coming. That's what's in your future. But then what did God do in his mercy, which is new every morning? that has been there from the beginning and will be there till the end in his mercy. He sacrificed an innocent animal and made coverings of skin for their shame. His mercy is new every morning. It was there at the beginning and it starts with his mercy and his goodness and it goes all the way to the end of Revelation where we see God makes all things new again. It starts with goodness. It ends with goodness because His mercy is new every morning. And see, when you understand, when you understand the nature of God, yes, He's always just, but He's always merciful. When you understand that, when you understand that God is rich in mercy, and He's always been that way, He's always been righteous, nothing taken away from that. When we fully understand that we have a right understanding of the nature of God, our only reasonable response in view of God's mercy is we offer ourselves as living sacrifices. In the Old Testament, and you're familiar with the character of David, you know that David sinned. I mean, in fact, he was like really good at it. Like he was just really good at it. Thankfully, though, God is a God of mercy. And this was a sin that could have had some pretty big consequences that David committed to a lot of people in the Old Testament. What I want you to watch, I want you to watch what David did. Is he wanted to turn to God, but I want you to watch who he didn't want to turn to when he had done wrong. He says this in 2 Samuel 24. He said, let us fall into the hands of the Lord. Why? For his mercy is great. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. He'll have mercy. He'll have mercy for my wrongdoing. Let me, let me run to the God who is a merciful God. And then he goes on to say, but do not let me fall into human hands. I think that's kind of funny. David's like, I want to go to a merciful God. 
I want to go to a God who will show me mercy because God may show me mercy, but there are so many people that won't. Don't let me fall into the hands of the human. Is David telling the truth? God may be a God of mercy, but oh, if you mess up, people will just pile it on you, right? And the tragedy is that so often, those who should be the most merciful, the body of Christ, are often those who show the least mercy. And, and I want to come back to that thought in just a moment because it's, it's really, really important. But I, I want to, sh- first I, wa- I want to show you just how much mercy means to God. When you look in the Old Testament, when God, uh, when, when, when God wanted his temple built, you will find the most detailed instructions. You will find the most detailed des- descriptions of how it was to be constructed. The, the, see, the temple was to be his dwelling place, right? And there are many, many details. And here's the entrance, and here's the storeroom, and here's the upper part, and, and here's the dimensions, and, and, and it could be this much, and it could be this much, and, 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 and this long, and here's the cubits, and here's the gold, and here's the silver, and here's the bronze, and you can do all of this. And then God says, in the middle of my house, What I want you to build is a place of atonement. In the very middle of all of this descriptive glory and beauty of my house, God says, I want you to build a mercy Why? Because God was saying, in my house... I want you to always make room for mercy. God's saying it's the center of my house. It's the center of my heart. It's the core of who I am. We serve a God who is rich in mercy. James was the one one time who said, mercy triumphs over judgment. And it's sad to me to see those who have received so much mercy sometimes be the ones who are the most judged. God help us. That is a sad statement, but I think one of the biggest reasons sometimes that people stay away from God is not because of who God is, but of how he has been represented by his people, or should I say misrepresented. Christians who are without mercy, we who have received so much mercy should be some of the most merciful people. you got to remind yourself, we carry with us the message of Jesus, and don't forget what it is. It's the message that Jesus is knocking at the door, and if anyone, if anyone opens up, he will come in. That is the message, and we carry that. Come as you are. Come as you are. Come in your brokenness, in your confusion, in your insecurities, with your problems, because we serve a God who is rich in mercy, and his mercies are new every morning. So come with your addictions, come with your guilt, come with your shame, come on, come. If you don't know anything about it, still come to him. Folks, we are not here to judge. We have received mercy, and we want to have that same mercy. And that doesn't mean we won't tell you the truth. Don't misunderstand me this morning. It doesn't mean that we won't tell you the truth, but it means we will not judge you out the front door. 
So come with your doubts. Did you, did you know it's okay to have questions about this? It's, it's, it's okay to have questions about all of this. It's okay to have a, have a question. There are many there are many that have left the church because they had questions about God, but they are always taught you can't doubt. You can't doubt. You can't question it. Just go along with the flow. For years, nobody had a great answer. Nobody had a good answer to give to people. And people have questions. Don't be afraid of questions. There are answers for those questions. I said there are answers for those questions. We got the answers right here. This should be the safest place in the world to bring your doubt, to come with your questions. This should be the place where we are most secure with the most complicated, complicated questions about God. Hear me. Your questions will not surprise God at all. They won't surprise him. And you won't stoop him either. He won't be like, oh, man. I forgot to study that last night. I forgot to look over my notes. No. Listen, this is, this is not a perfect church. We don't demand perfection. We've been forgiven. We are people of mercy. And so my message is just like, come on. Join us. Join me. I need forgiveness. You need forgiveness. Let's just go to Jesus because he's good. He'll work it out. Let's let him straighten us out. Because I can't straighten you out, but he can straighten us out. Let's just go to him together. Make room for mercy. He said in the middle of my house, make room for mercy. There's got to be a place for mercy. If there's anything in the middle uh, of make room for mercy, make room for mercy in the church. Make room for mercy in your heart. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God that I do not get what my sins deserve. And our only reasonable response to that is the author says, let us present our bodies as living sacrifices. That's our, that is our holy and acceptable act of worship. That's what we do living for Jesus is worship. Worship and just singing a song. It's because of his mercy. I worship him by the way that I live and the way that I act and how I respond because he has responded to me with mercy. Thank God for his mercy. Some of there might be some who, who say, well, well, I thank God for his mercy, Bryce, but I'm still hurting. I'm still upset. I still have questions. I, I thank God for his mercy. And I know that some of you, many of you are, there's so much pain going on right now, so much sadness, so much anxiety. And I want to go back to Jeremiah, what he said in Lamentations 3, as I'm coming to a close, he said this. He said, the faithful love of the Lord. This is so good. He said, it never ends. It's continual. It's never ending. His mercies never cease. They were there in Genesis 1, and they're in the end of Revelation. He's always been a God of mercy, and he'll always be a merciful God. He's always been just, 
and he's always been merciful. And then the author says, great is his faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. Can I tell you that whatever it is that you need from God, his posture has not changed toward you. He stands before you with arms stretched wide open. That's the God that we serve. He starts with mercy. He was merciful yesterday. He'll be merciful today. And he'll be merciful tomorrow. His compassion starts fresh every day. His love for you never ends. So whatever you need from God, he's good. He's good. He's always been good. And he loves you. He loves you. He is a God of justice and he is a God of compassion. And so when you are downcast, my friend, when you are hurting, when you are confused, just like the prophet, you call this to mind and therefore you will have hope. This is who my God is. This is what he's done. He's always been good. He's always been loving. He's always been faithful. He did for me what I could not do for myself. And so when you are alone, know that he is with you. Know that he never leaves you. Know that he never forsakes you. He is the God who will comfort you in your trials. He is the God who strengthens you when you are broken. He is the one who will heal you when you are sick. So if you find yourself today in any of those places, I bring good news to you that his mercies are new every single it's available to you. Would you stand with me today? Wherever you are hurting, wherever you are afraid, whenever you are confused about this, God is there with a fresh mercy. God can handle your doubts. He can handle your brokenness. He can handle your anxiety. He can handle your complaints. He can handle your sin. His mercies are new every morning. I don't know where you find yourself at today. I, I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you wake up to tomorrow. The news, the, the pain, the struggle, the problem that's still there that's causing you grief, the anxiety that's causing you, the frustration. I don't know what you wake up to tomorrow except for this. You wake up to a new mercy. Every day, you wake up to a fresh and new mercy that is available there for you. It's okay with your questions. Come to God with your questions. Don't keep them to yourself. Come to God. Take them to God. Take them to God. With what were you confused about? Like, God, I don't get it. I don't understand. Take that to God. Don't internalize that. Don't keep it on the inside. Take it to God who is rich in mercy, who's full of grace, who's full of wisdom. Maybe you feel afraid today. Maybe you're full of questions. 
Would you bow your head with me in this place? Close your eyes. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.